up world pass first point guard and blazer beat writer mike richmond you're listening to another episode of locked on blazers part of the locked on podcast network available wherever you get podcasts today's episode is brought to you by Michelob ultra with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories it's only worth it if you enjoy it stay tuned for the ultra player of the week coming later in this episode in today's show, I want to talk about the Blazers' loss to the Los Angeles Clippers on Tuesday evening. I think there were some real positives to take away from this game. I want to talk about that. Uh, but obviously, a loss is a loss, so there were some troubling things. Or maybe not troubling, but this was there are some there were some issues here. So I want to talk about the negatives too. So we'll start positive and negative uh, just because that's more my wheelhouse in the second segment. And then we got some news. Damian Lillard is going to make his return Wednesday night against the Denver Nuggets. If you're listening to this on Wednesday when it publishes, Dame's about to play later this, this evening. Y'all get excited. He's going to return after a week off. So that's what we'll do to close the show. We'll discuss Damian Lord's return from injury, what it means, look ahead to the Blazers' stretch run of the season as we get dwindled down the final days of the regular season. But let's talk about the positives. The Blazers lost 113-112 to the Los Angeles Clippers. I don't know why I keep forgetting the Clippers' name tonight, y'all. It's uh, I think this is... <laughs> Post-game record brain. But in any case, they lost to the Clippers, 113-112. Uh, I think there were some some obvious positives in the first, particularly in the first 46 minutes. Uh, we'll talk about the final two minutes at, in the second segment. But uh, we saw the return of Derek Jones Jr. to the lineup. This was a game in which uh, not only did Damian Lillard miss his third consecutive game sitting out with hamstring injury before he's planned to return uh on Wednesday, uh, Yusuf Nurkic did not play in this game. It sounds like Nurk is just going to miss back-to-backs, like part of a back-to-back, and that the knee thing is, you know, if they're going to, if they want him to be healthy, they can't play him in back-to-backs. You know, there's no back-to-backs in the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but so they chose this one because you'd rather be, you'd rather be at full strength in one game than a partial strength twice. I, I think that is a reasonable thing. So uh, no Nurk. No Dame. And the Blazers went with CJ Norm, DJ, that's Derek Jones Jr., Rocco, and Ennis Cantor in their starting lineup. And uh, as he typically does, CJ just, he just takes on such a bigger workload. Uh, I don't think he was, you know, he didn't shoot the ball that well. And, um, but he was, and he was, he was like his typical, just like no Dame is here, kind of soak up a bunch of offensive possessions himself. Like he's, he is sort of that borderline A1 star. Like he, he's, he's not quite there. And there are moments you see it when you watch these games. And there's, there's moments where you're like, damn, CJ is good. Uh, I won't, I won't call this person out in this space, but someone in the Portland media texted me and was like, early on in the game, it was basically like, see, CJ could be a star in another, in another market. And I was like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but he looked good. I don't CJ, CJ wasn't the problem. The lack of Dame wasn't a problem, but I, I, I don't think that CJ's ability to sort of step into that role I see as a positive because he's just he's it's just a reminder of how good he is um he's he's still flawed and he's still not quite a point guard um but he is capable of having he's capable of just taking on such a bigger load and I wish um there were times when he kind of adopted this that role of like I got to do everything and set everyone up when he wasn't, when he wasn't in that, uh, when Dame was in the game with him, uh, the the other sort of minor positive I want to touch on is that 
Norm played really well. Norm continues to be a bright spot. Um, he kind of does what he does. He scores and doesn't do much else in the box score. Uh, three assists and three turnovers in this one, but 23 points. Uh, he was he didn't he missed a crucial shot late, and we'll talk about that. But Norm is just he helps. Uh, another minor detail. This is like neither negative or positive, but Robert Covington last two games has attempted a total of three shots. Um, he didn't play a ton in this game and he didn't play a ton in this game because other forwards, other rangy forwards earned minutes over him. That's right. We're going to talk about positive contributions from the Blazers bench. I think the biggest positive is that the Blazers saw a small ball unit with Nazir Little and Rondé Hollis Jefferson have real impact. The Blazers trotted out a lineup of CJ, Norm, Nas, Rondé, and Carmelo Anthony for long stretches of the fourth quarter. They closed the game, the final about seven and a half minutes with this group, and it was really good. Like, it was really good. Um, they A version of this with Anthony Simons in the game, more on him in a moment. Um, actually, we'll just do Simons now. Simons played pretty well. <laughs> Simons, we, I don't have a lot on him. He 19 minutes, 13 points. Uh, he Simons, like, he looks, he was aggressive. He got into the paint a couple times. Um, even on shots he missed in the paint, I like him just sort of slicing, using his athleticism to get in there. He made his, he made, <laughs> threes he missed were pretty ugly, but he, uh, he he made some threes. Like, he, he was a real boost. Obvious offensive boost. The kind of, he kind of had the production that I figured he might this year, where it's just like, he doesn't do much else, but he's like a little Mike microwave score and he was a microwave score in this one um so but but he the getting back to the small ball group that that Nas and uh and Rondé tandem allows the Blazers just to do a little bit of stuff and it kind of allows them to do the stuff that I think people envisioned them be, being able to do more with uh Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington but it, these are different kind of athletes and different kind of length like the length Rocco is doesn't fly around like he makes his he he's sort of more deliberate with the way he plays defense and he picks his spots and he's really good at it as a help defender and DJ is long but he's not super strong and like stout so he can get kind of pushed off his spot more than more than these guys Nas also has that problem but he's he's getting there I think his his frame he can end up being like a real monster um in terms of athleticism and Rondé is just he's just a beast I mean that's what he is he's in the league because of his his athleticism and because of his defensive abilities and we saw that tonight what that group allowed and when particularly against the um the second unit of the clippers that included demarcus cousins was they could put DeMar- uh carmelo anthony on demarcus cousins put him on the post-up threat and then have everyone kind of help and fly around off of that with Nas and ronde and uh, cj and norm or or ant depending on who was in there fly around off of that and the blazers haven't had a group that can both that has the length and the speed to pressure the ball and then recover at the level that um just at the level that we've seen. I mean, this uh, that we saw tonight. There wasn't. It wasn't always positive. Uh, there were moments when kind of the third and fourth rotations. You know, you double the ball, swings. You you sprint to that. The ball swings again. You sprint to that. The ball swings. You know, four passes from the Clippers beat the Blazers a couple times. Clippers are a really good outside shooting team, and they burned them. But but I thought that length and that athleticism on the defensive end and that switchability or not even switchability, scramble ability. They weren't switching. It was scrambling because they're they're they were doubling the post to avoid that mismatch and then scrambling out of those double teams with with Nas and Rondé was really was really useful um it, it it proved to be like an obvious an obvious um bonus for them at least at least it helped them a lot in that second half um even though the Blazers kind of had had a dud of a of, of third quarter they they I liked the defensive intensity and the defensive just sort of 
oomph that they had in uh, in the for- to open that fourth quarter. Um, that I'm not sure those dudes play a lot, and we'll talk about that more at the in the third segment. But that that's like a real positive. They provide a lot of energy on the glass. I loved Nazir Little's energy on the glass. Like he he was a little shaky handling the ball, but he got after it on both ends on the glass. Um, neither of those dudes is much of an offensive player right now. Like Nas has a, like some shooting juice and can do it, but you know he he passed up some looks and deferred to Carmelo Anthony just because. <laughs> That's sort of the way the young Blazers do it. Um, and, and Rondé just doesn't look for a shot unless he's right around the rim. But I loved the energy. I, they they each blo- had a highlight block like this. That was a real positive. And the hope is that, that not that, that Terry goes to this, because when Dame comes back, um, I was going to talk about the third segment. We'll just do it now. When Dame comes back, uh, they're not, Terry is going to settle into that lineup he's more comfortable with. He's going to play his typical starting lineup. I mean, it remains to be seen sort of how Derek Jones fits in this whole calculation, but he's going to play something that appears to be his typical starting lineup. He's going to play Carmelo and, and Anis Cantor a bunch of minutes off the bench. Like, we're just not going to see this Rondé and Nas pairing as a second unit too much. It's just, I know we aren't. Um, so there's no reason to be like, why, why won't he do it? He won't do it because he's not comfortable with it. Okay, y'all? Like, Let's just let's kind of accept the facts and then move out. Let's let's work. Let's let's live in the real. Let's analyze this from the real as opposed to what maybe we wish or some of us wish would happen. Uh, so I think like the benefit of Stott seeing this and benefit of the team seeing this is that in situational moments when a small ball lineup is needed and you can't go canter then you can rely on Rondé in that spot. You can rely on Nas in that spot. You can put those guys next to Robert Covington and really have a lot of defensive juice. That trio did not play together tonight, and I think that could be that could be a real positive. Like they 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 showed not that it's like this thing that they're going to lean on and play, you know, the final 8 minutes of every game, but but a small ball look that they could go back to. And I and I think that's that could be real valuable. In fact, I enjoyed that small ball look so much and the and the energy the Blazers played with. The the energy they played with which that was totally lacking on Sunday. They just had a certain juice and a certain uh to use a Quinn Snyder term, a certain verve to them that they were lacking. And that brought me a lot of joy. That's why I'm giving Nazir Little the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Nazir Little brought me a, just a ton of joy. That's that's why I'm giving him this award. In his 24 minutes, he had seven points, ten rebounds, three assists, and a highlight block swatting Rajon Rondo shot out of bounds. He exhibited that it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Because Michelob Ultra wants you to know that at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, enjoyment isn't the isn't the end game, it's the whole game game. And Nas really brought that joy. He brought that spark. In a season that's sort of missing a lot of positive vibes, I thought the shift today from the Blazers' small ball hustle athletic second unit that they displayed for the first time this season really embodied the spirit of of just happiness and joy when you're playing basketball. Joy creates success. And Michelob Ultra wants to know, are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. So subscribe to Locked On NFL on their YouTube page to watch a live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. 
All right, in the first segment, we talked about the Blazers' positives. I thought I thought Ant was a real positive off the bench. I thought uh, Nor- Norm and CJ provided the sort of type of, of balance you need from for two top players to stay in the game. Uh, and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson and... Nazir Little showed the Blazers have this sort of athletic option that they can go to when they need it. Those were all real positives. Here's the problem. They lost. (laughs) They lost, y'all. They lost. And as much as I want to say, look, you can build on this. You can do all these things. It's too late. It's too late to build. It's too late to build. It's too late to be... um, it's too late to just be stacking moral victories. The Blazers are 32 and 25. They've lost 7 of 10. And with 15 games remaining in the regular season, they're just a game and a half ahead of the 7th place Mavericks, which would drop them down into the play-in game. Like, as much as I really do think there were positives here, as much as I think there were there, there were things that the Blazers can, if not build on, that, that they can point to and say, we know we can trust these guys when it comes to it, or we know that we we have this thing in our bag, or we know that that Rondé is capable of a bigger minute bigger minutes like a uh, role if we need him and, and that Nazir Little if we if we ask him to can play two three and four no problem and just throw him out there and his his energy will give us juice like those are those are real positives you can take away but then th- reality sets in 15 games left and the final two minutes of this game were the sort of fear that you have about the Blazers they we're outscored 10-3 in the final two minutes. And this is this is kind of that that concern with this group, right? It's like the their margin for error is pretty slim. And tonight it was a really good 46 minutes and a six-point lead with the with just over two minutes to go when Carmelo Anthony walked Terrence Mann down to the baseline and spun and scored. And they go up by six. And it's like, you know what? Two stops. <laughs> two two stops down the stretch and a couple timely buckets and they're going to win this game and it's going to be a really nice win it doesn't matter that the Clippers were missing Kawhi Leonard like it doesn't matter uh that that will not show up in the standings (laughs) they they need the wins like the worry about the playoffs and how they match up a good teams like like that's that's a thing to worry about like big picture I'm talking like I'm talking very small like like their immediate needs in that moment were like get a couple stops, make a couple buckets and win. Don't apologize. Keep it moving. Move on to the next game. Up six with two minutes left. And from there, they were outscored 10-3 and they lose the game. This is, I mean, this is sort of their weakness is that they can't come up with like really crucial stops when they need it. And they could not stop in the final two minutes when the, when the Clippers needed points. They went out and got points. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. Paul George got a couple free throws. Uh, Paul George got in the paint and found Zubac for a layup. He, he got in a he he uh, off off a missed three pointer. He got out on the break and um and scored quickly, kind of breaking through Nazir Little. And all of a sudden, this sort of the positive work that the Blazers have done is now is an extremely dicey. It's a it's a one point game. And the Blazers missed two crucial shots that could have changed this game. After uh, Paul George scored there, um, the Blazers took a timeout. They ran a pick and roll for CJ McCollum. He accepted the pressure double team that came and whipped it in the corner and found Norman Powell. The exact type of process you want to see from the Blazers. 
They call an ATO for their best player. Everyone in the MF gym and everyone watching at home knew it was going to be a pick and roll for CJ McCollum. He accepts the pressure defense. They space a wonderful, a just a terrific shooter opposite corner. When the defense sucks over, because when you send two to the ball, guys have to help. That weak side corner is going to be open, or or the rim is going to be open. Like those, are, if they don't if they don't help off the corner, like that that's that's how this pressure defense works. The Blazers accepted the pressure. CJ got the pressure. He made a difficult pass to the corner, and Norman Powell missed a shot. That that happens, right? Like I'm not I'm not. I think that was good process. It's troubling because he missed it, and it's like he he has to make it. And yeah, and to some extent he he does have to make it. But uh, even then, it's like he they 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 did what you want, and it didn't work out. And they had a chance to win on defense, and they got maybe a dicey foul call. But CJ bumped him, and they got a foul call on on Paul George. Paul hits two free throws. Blazers come the other way. They go to CJ again. He gets you know, to the, to the elbow pump fakes, leans and misses a, you know, his bread and butter shot from the right, from the right elbow. Like that's, that's where he's going to go. He got to a spot and he missed it. It's, um, to me, the, to me, the missed shots at the end, aren't that problematic. It's the defense. It's the lack of stops. It's when Paul George said, okay, we need to win. I'm going to go win. And to me, I know that I've, if you listen to this podcast, I say like, I don't like granular recaps. And here I am like recapping a full two minutes of basketball. But um, some, sometimes it'd be like that, y'all. Um, but like the big picture stuff is this, is, this is my concern for the Blazers, is not that they can't generate good offense down the stretch. Like, you know, everyone's worried about their sort of, oh no, what are they, you know, their offense is so predictable, so stagnant, but like they got the looks they wanted against this team, against a good defensive team. Obviously missing Kawhi Leonard, I get it, but like they got what they wanted. They trusted their process. They did, they did the sort of they ran what they wanted to get. They got the ball in their best player's hands twice. Uh, you know, CJ, their best player tonight, certainly. Um, he The first time he get, he took what the defense gave him, the second time he got right to his spot and got a shot that he can make, a very makeable shot for CJ, and, and he missed it. I, the, the, the misses don't bother me. The, 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 I don't even, I'm not even critical of those, right? Like, I'm not... Um, Maybe that's the sort of like high school basketball coach in me or whatever. It's like, I'll never criti- criticize you for taking a good shot. Um, but th- that wasn't the problem. The problem was that with two minutes left, the Blazers need to find a way to stop the Clippers from scoring and they couldn't. Paul George got into the paint when he wanted. He got out in transition and ahead of the Blazers defense. He he got uh, two shots at the rim, a layup for Avisa Zubac, and then drew a foul attacking. Kind of a kind of a soft foul for sure, but again, like it's when a star player needed to needed to will his team back, he just attacked the rim relentlessly, and the Blazers couldn't handle it. Both in transition and the half court, both types of their defense. That's that's the big picture worry for me. Is not nothing about sort of like um, you know Carmelo Anthony having a weird bad shooting night, or or uh, you know two guys who can make shots missing shots. Like eh, who cares? Who cares? That's 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 a coin flip stuff. It's make it's a make or miss league. It's the buckle down and play defense moments that you wanted to see from this team, and they didn't do it. And that's that is that is a concern you had coming in, and it's a concern you had leaving, and it's why this game ends. You say, man, they played so well, and they didn't wilt. You know, they've just wilted so many times recently. They played so poorly on Sunday against the Hornets. They look like they'd quit on this season. They come back. They prove they haven't quit on this season. And what is it? What do they get? <laughs> 
Not nada. They come away with another troubling loss. Their seventh and ten games. That's the negatives. Is that um, there's this there's no narrative changing moment from this one. But that's enough negativity. Let's talk about the the future. Let's talk about what's next. Damian Lillard is going to play Wednesday night against the Denver Nuggets. What does that mean for the Blazers? What is where can they go if they've got their full crew ready? Let's talk about that in the third segment. But first, let's talk about Bill Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. That's what it is. That's what they're doing. It's just, they're just making delicious protein bars. They're not trying to fool you. They're just trying to make stuff that tastes good. All of their flavors come in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They got that candy bar-like texture. They're not dry and chalky and gross like other protein bars. That's not what they're doing. They're making delicious, like I said, candy bar-esque protein bars. And if the deliciousness doesn't sell you, what if I told you that they're all low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber? They taste good. They're good for you. They pack a real punch talking 17 plus grams of protein in each one of their bars. If you're looking for a snack in the middle of your day, you can do a lot worse than Built Bar. You know it. (laughs) You've looked in your pantry and made worse decisions. So don't make bad decisions. Instead, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. You want to bet on the Blazers bouncing back against the Denver Nuggets on Wednesday? You want to bet on the Nuggets sending the Blazers to their eighth loss in 11 games? Well, there's only one place to do that. It's betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You don't want to bet on the NBA. You want to leave the Blazers in another place and you want to use your your gambling money on other stuff. Well, they got that. You covered there too. Bet on the NHL, bet on Major League Baseball, or bet on reality television or upcoming awards. All of that will be covered by real-time updated odds, and you'll be able to find props on almost anything you can imagine. Plus, real-time news, real-time scores, it's just the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. So head on over to that website, it's betonline.ag, put in the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The website is betonline.ag, the promo code is LOCKEDON, and what you'll get with that is a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. April 21st through April 26th, make sure you are listening to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irving, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger. Plus, our local experts for every team making trades and picking next stars for their teams. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, we talked about the Blazers' positives. Nas, Rondé, Ant, uh, real juice, real effort. This, this obvious positives. And we talked about the negatives. When the game was on the line, the Blazers couldn't come up with stops. And they lost. More than anything, they lost. It's just, They needed to find a way to win. They needed. Who cares about style points? They just need wins. But here's, here's real good news. 
Damian Lamont Ali Lillard is going to return after a three-game absence after sitting out the two-game road trip over the weekend and then Tuesday night's game against Los Angeles Clippers. Damian Lamont Ali Lillard is expected to return to the lineup as reported by Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. I kind of guessed that this might be the case in my mailbag show last night, um, but now we got it for real. If, if Haynes says it is true, the Dame's coming back. And that's, that is good news for the Blazers because Damian Lillard is very good at basketball. Uh, we don't really need to analyze what it means. Like, we kind of know the lineup they're going to play. We know what it looks like. We've, this is, we're closing in on a decade of Damian Lillard on the basketball team, y'all. Um, there's, there's the sort of nuts and bolts we don't need to break down. But what I want to do is look ahead because the Blazers have 15 games remaining in the regular season and it, it's, it isn't going to be particularly kind to them. A back-to-back against the Nuggets on Wednesday. The Nuggets, um, they just, they, they're still good. <laughs> uh, you know, they lost Jamal Murray and they're, they're, they have less talent, but they're just, they're just still good. Uh, you know, on, on Monday evening, they beat the Memphis Grizzlies in two overtimes and just an absolute classic in Denver. Uh, now they've had it, had a day off and, you know, they're, they, I don't know if they're still like championship caliber because they've lost their second best player, but this is a really, really good team. Nikola Jokic is impossible to guard. Um, you can't double team him because he's too good of a passer. If you put a small guy on him, he'll he'll just stuff that dude in the rim. And if you put a big guy on him, he'll probably run past him. Uh, really curious to see if Yusuf Nurkic does play, and I will I will guess that he would, um, assuming he was just going to take one game off and then he'll come back because of the back-to-back thing, like I mentioned. Um, really curious to see how Nurk handles him because if Nurk can't guard him, is, is going to be very hard because, uh, you know, Ennis Cantor guarded the hell out of Nikola Jokic in the 2019 NBA playoffs, but uh, Jokic is like way better at basketball now than he was then. He's grown up a lot. Um, but, you know, that's that's as good, that's about as good as you'll ever get from me from a game preview. But um, th- that falls with two home games against the Grizzlies. And remember how I mentioned those Dallas Mavericks who are just a game and a half back? Well, Two and a half back, the eighth place Grizzlies, who've won six out of ten, and and we're and we're on a real hot streak until losing a um, until losing that double overtime thriller against those Denver Nuggets, who I was just telling you are pretty damn good. And it's not just that; like this is where it gets dicey for the Blazers. They play the they play the uh, Grizzlies Friday. They play the Grizzlies Sunday. Then they play the Grizzlies Wednesday. Uh, you'll remember that Memphis had a COVID pause in the middle of the season and the Blazers were supposed to play them in two games, another home and home set, uh, before the all-star break, but it got pushed to the second half of the season. So now they play them starting Friday, three of their next four, three of their following four games will be against the Grizzlies. That's, you know, you lose two of those, you go one and two in those three games. And I think it's, it's pretty reasonable, you know, one of those in Memphis and, and, and it's hard to beat a team two times in a row. Um, particularly just like a good for the Blazers, just any good team, two times in a row, any team, two times in a row, shout out to the Minnesota Timberwolves and certainly any good team, uh, two times in a row. Like if you go one and two in those games, you are probably looking at eighth at, at seventh and maybe eighth, like, like the Grizzlies are going to be that fast and then the Grizzlies are going to climb that fast rather so then you go from the after these two home games on Sunday then then you kick off a, a brutal road trip like I said the, the Grizzlies next Wednesday but that that Grizzlies game is the second night of a back-to-back when the road trip kicks off against the Pacers who are beat up and they don't have Miles Turner and aren't very good but um, they're good enough to give the Blazers fits then Brooklyn 
Boston, Atlanta, all good, all good teams in the East, even if Brooklyn is uh, missing many of its parts. Then Cleveland. That Cleveland game, May 5th, is looking like a, an absolute must win. And then the Blazers close out the regular season. There's six final games. The Lakers, the Spurs, the a horrific Rockets team at Utah, at Phoenix, and then Denver again. Those final three games are real toss-ups. Uh, the Jazz might have the number one seed locked up by May 12th. They might not. They might just be resting folks. Um, so we'll see what that game looks like in Salt Lake City. Um, the next night, May 13th in Phoenix, it'll be curious to see what the Suns are doing on the second night, uh, second to last night of the season, what they need, where, who they want to play. Like those seeding games might matter. The Suns might desperately need to win to like stay in second place, or they might be sort of comfortably in another, another spot, depending on what happens. Um, the Nuggets, you would assume that they will need, every, they'll be chasing every game, but the thing about the last night of the regular season, totally unpredictable because maybe at that point, the, the Nuggets will be locked into their preferred seed, or maybe they won't be able to catch it, depending on what happens with the Lakers once LeBron and AD are back. But there are no, there are two easy games ahead on, on the Blazers' schedule. Two, two out of the final fifteen are against bad teams: Houston and Cleveland. That Cleveland game is on the road. The that on the road, the final game of a six-game trip. Damian Lode's coming back, and the Blazers need him. The Blazers desperately need him, and he makes them better. And there's no, there's no. There's nothing else you need to say about that, right? Like, he's that good, and he'll help. But he better help a lot, because it gets tough. And that's why this Clippers loss was such a oof moment, because while I still think this, play, this team is going to, because of the cushion they have, and because of maybe a chance to, you know, take three games from the Grizzlies and kind of bury them, potentially, um, they're, I think they're this is a playoff team. I'm not worried about them slipping all the way out of the playoffs or slipping to to so far back, but the Warriors, you know, are coming three and a half back. The Spurs aren't going anywhere three and a half back. Uh, those, I, I think those 10 teams are kind of locked in and, and like six through 10 is, is relatively interchangeable, but the Blazers just, they needed to steal this game. They need just to take, they needed to find a way to, to, to steal this game and they didn't. And it, and it becomes troubling because now after they gave Dame, they gave Dame a week off because his body is clearly uh you know bothering him he's he's clearly not healthy they got to go they don't they can't waste any more games because it is going to get tough these final 15 games are going to be brutal and their point guard probably needs to be excellent so you better hope that week arrest got Dame back to ready to be excellent because he was struggling. He was struggling with his game before that. Like he was clearly just not there physically and hopefully a week away from basketball, a week of downtime got him back there. Um, I'm sure he's a little bit mentally refreshed as well as physically refreshed. And hopefully both those things will see Dame at the peak of his powers because a Dame at the peak of his powers, the Blazers can be really, really, really good. Like he's that good. He can raise their ceiling a great deal. Um, their flaws will still be there, but if Dame can sort of touch that, those, those spaces where he's the best player on the court every night by a lot, which he certainly is capable of, these last 15 games, uh, the Blazers can can get where they want to go. I'm excited about this. I, I think this time of year in the NBA can be kind of whack, I guess, because, you know, the teams rest stars uh, because they because they're 
you know, they don't, they've banked wins and they don't necessarily need it. And some teams at the bottom of the standings are actively trying to lose and playing a bunch of not even young players, but just like shitty nobodies that, that, that they don't even have plans for their future. Like, you know, the, the OKC might end up resting Lou Dort or something like that down the stretch. Like this time of year can suck in the NBA, quite frankly. It's, it's one of the problems with the, with the regular season is that the final 10 games or so can be really messy. Top of the te- top of the standings don't need to win. Bottom of the standings desperately want to lose. And then you get the teams in the middle. And that part can be fun. And here are the Blazers in the middle, chasing, you know, playing teams in the West right there in the middle with them. Three games against the Grizzlies, a game against the Spurs. I mean, a game against the Lakers who are going to be getting healthy and getting right and maybe chasing home court advantage in the playoffs. Like, there's some intrigue here. There's some real intrigue. Two games against the Nuggets, who are, or at least one of them tomorrow night, and you know desperately need to win. Like this is fun. This is the this this time of year can be whack in the NBA season, but the Blazers, you know, due to due to some of their own personal faults, have made it so they're in a fun spot. I'm excited about this. I'm 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 genuinely very interested, very curious what happens in these final 15 games. So, join me here. On this, on Lockdown Blazers, and do me a favor, tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers, be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.